Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you to the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And certainly in this community, one location, one facility, one institution, that's probably the best word, that's so important to many of us is the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. The zoo is a treasure in our community. It's something that we find familiar and at the same time it's got national, international standing. It was named the third best zoo in the country this year. That means over all the zoos in the nation, it took the third spot, and it's recently received an almost unheard of recognition from its accrediting organization, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, with a completely clean report of inspection during its most recent accreditation. That means they didn't find any problems whatsoever. It truly makes an impact right here for us in Colorado Springs and all around the world with its various animal care, conservation, and family memory making efforts. So, joining us this morning, to update us all on all the exciting happenings at the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. We're so pleased to have with us Rachel Wright, the public relations and social media manager for the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. Welcome to the Extra, Rachel. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. All right, so uh, so many things to talk about and unpack in this show, but uh, let's start with uh, one of the first exhibits that greets people when they enter the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. We're talking about those beautiful giraffes. You have something to update us on how the giraffe calf is doing, the latest calf that was born to the herd. So let's start with this. Uh, what 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 does it signify when you get a herd growing with the birth of a new baby. The herd's up to 17 members now, right? That's right. Yeah, it's one of the largest herds in North America. And um, as far as significance, it's just a sign of hope for the future of the species. A lot of people don't know that giraffe are facing a silent extinction in the wild. And so um, zoos that are accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, like you talked about, like um, just like us, participate in species survival plans. So when we have successful breeding like this, it's really exciting for the future of the species. And of course, that little giraffe calf magic all throughout the zoo, everyone loves to see this little girl. She's adorable. So it's a little girl. Um, and and yeah. she was born uh, on Wednesday, October 19th. And, and so what's right. the name? You told us the name, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago, but I love this name. Yeah. <laughs> we love it too. So the keepers came up with three name options for the public to vote on. And because she is very strong and intelligent and feisty, we think the public voted for a perfect name. They named her Wednesday, a little nod to her birth being close to Halloween as well. I love that. Okay, so how does it work when a calf is born uh, into the herd? I, I've seen it when you've had the mamas who are expecting kind of isolated from the rest of the herd to make mm-hmm. sure that everything is safe. So what happens with the calf? Yeah, so like you said, we have a separate stall um, that the expecting mom goes into just at night because giraffes are really social animals, so they want to be with the herd. So at nighttime, just in case you went into labor and had that calf, we wanted the calf to be born onto, you know, thick substrate. It's a sandy material because they fall about six to eight feet when they're born. And so they need that cushion for the landing. Um, But then a little bit at a time, based on how well our keepers know different members of the herd, they'll meet um, 
like we call them kind of like nanny giraffe, like the older females that really love the calves. They'll meet them one at a time. And now she's met the whole herd. Uh, and she is just so feisty. She loves to get zoomies and run around. And she does these high kicks. She looks like a rocket. She does like <laughs> these really big high kicks and gets really excited and zooms around. But she is so independent and really outgoing. Um, I just took my sister just visited this weekend, and so of course I had to take her to go up. And we went into the barn where guests can go as well. And the little one just comes right up to you. She's <gasps> already taking lettuce, and she's just really, really outgoing. It's really cool. So we're excited that she's a confident little calf, and grateful she seems to be doing so well because giraffe calves can be fragile. Tell us about that. I, I, it is a, a, a tenuous uh, experience to have a calf born uh, in in captivity, but uh, you, the way you do it, uh, obviously you do it with all the best practices in mind. So, so tell us how that goes for giraffes as a whole. Yeah, in the wild, giraffe calves have about a 50% mortality rate in their first year. And in, the, in human care, it's about 20%. And the cause of the calf struggles can many times be traced initially to difficulty nursing. So if it doesn't get its mother's first milk, um, which is called colostrum, and it provides important antibodies and proteins, they're more susceptible to things like infections and other health issues. But when a giraffe calf is born in human care, they get the support of giraffe experts like we have at the zoo. Um, and they can get things like plasma treatments, um, which can increase the chance of survival for a calf that doesn't receive their mother's colostrum in that first day of life. So plasma is the liquid component of blood, and it actually accounts for more than half of blood's volume, and it contains those antibodies that it may have missed by not getting mother's first milk, and then it transports other nutrients and hormones and other important substances throughout the body, and it can also help remove toxins from the body. So this little one, thankfully, did not need that treatment, but um, it's a science that's developing um, throughout zoos um, and other institutions. Interesting. And, and as a mother who breastfed, I mean, this is something that, you know, they, they tell you about in the hospital, how important uh, those uh, uh, first uh, yeah. moments in breastfeeding are. Um, but let's talk about, uh, so to get uh, the plasma, these plasma treatments, you need blood donors. And that's where mm-hmm. your program uh, and now the cooperation you get from around the world, all of that comes into play. Tell us about this, the the giraffe plasma bank. Yeah, so we have worked with um, other institutions, um, Columbus Zoo, on building this giraffe plasma bank. So like you said, you need willing blood donors. And at Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, we have a 12-year-old male giraffe named Mashana and a 13-year-old female giraffe named Masitu that are the most eager voluntary blood donors, but most of our giraffes in the herd participate in voluntary husbandry training. And one of the things that they do is allow us to take blood draws. They will um, stand near a barrier and their keepers climb up on a ladder to (laughs) to reach a vein in their neck. And then they stand while we draw blood and they just get rye crackers for that. And um, those sessions are always completely voluntary and the giraffes seem to really like the interaction and those crackers, of course, they can choose to walk away at any time. But each of those plasma, each plasma transfusion um, requires about 
six 250 milliliter bags of plasma, and each bag of blood takes about 20 minutes to collect. So it's really incredible that those giraffe volunteer to stand and have their blood drawn for that long. And then once the blood it is spun in a machine called a centrifuge, and then our veterinary team collects the separated and frozen plasma from a blood bank and stores it in our giraffe plasma bank freezer so it's ready to go when giraffe calves need it. Um, this summer, we established the International Center for the Care and Conservation of Giraffe, and it's a dedicated resource um, at the zoo, and our job is to provide resources and education to anyone who wants to care for giraffe. So the center shares those training methods and learns from others and connects organizations that can now work together with specifically speaking about this effort to make more plasma available in more locations. And that benefits giraffe calves everywhere, regardless of whether they live at an AVA accredited facility or with a reputable private holder. Um, and it's all really scientific, but really the program exists because we love giraffes and we want to save as many calves as we can. And we believe if we all work together, we can do that by expanding this giraffe plasma bank and getting more contributors to the team. And we're excited in the last year, um, it's grown to five locations throughout the country and even more are in the process of joining. Fascinating, fascinating. And as you said, I mean, you know, within under human care, giraffes, only one out of five uh, calves will lose their lives. Mm -hmm. But in the wild, when you talk about that 50% mortality rate, I mean, the work you're doing uh, in the zoo community is definitely critical to uh, keeping the species uh, alive and well. Uh, We need to take a short break here. Rachel Wright is our guest today. We're talking about the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo more from the zoo in a moment we're back with the extra and our guest today rachel wright with the cheyenne mountain zoo and rachel we are going to be talking about uh, some very exciting information for people if they want to attend electric safari that's coming up in this segment but before we do i, I know you wanted to talk about uh, with this giraffe plasma uh bank that you've established, Mm -hmm. how one private facility in Texas has benefited from this. Uh, Do you want to share the story? Sure. Yeah. So we were just saying that even more uh, organizations have joined this giraffe plasma bank. And there's one private facility in Texas that has a special connection to the program called High Point Haven and the International Center for the Care and Conservation of Giraffes at Cheyenne Mountain Zoo just welcomed them. So They have four giraffes, and their team has a goal to lead a better standard of care for privately held exotic animals. And their leader, Dan, um, he's a really passionate giraffe lover and conservationist, and he has attended many of Cheyenne Mountain Zoo's giraffe care workshops, which are part of what's now operated by the Giraffe Center since 2016. So he learned about hoof care and the blood draw training that is important for the giraffe plasma bank. And at those uh, workshops, he's been able to customize teachings to benefit the individual needs of the giraffe in his care. So in 2021, a calf born into his herd directly benefited from that knowledge and the network and resources he gained at our workshop. So this little girl now named Sophie was the second baby born to two giraffes um, at his facility. And the labor and the birth were all text but Sophie was unable to nurse. And like we said earlier, that's really important that calves get that first mother's milk. Um, And about four hours after Sophie was born and she still hadn't nursed, the team at High Point Haven 
um, was starting to get nervous and they knew it was critical for the calf to get that colostrum. Um, so they knew they had to act quickly. So she was born um, on a Saturday and by Sunday afternoon, our team had connected them with a nearby zoo that had giraffe plasma available and then they administered it to Sophie. And by Monday morning, she was nursing again. So that just shows you really what an impact this plasma can make for little calves that are struggling. And uh, they say it was just life-changing for mm. her. It kick-started her instinct to nurse almost immediately. And now, just a little over a year later, she weighs 904 pounds. They say <laughs> she's a handful, just like her dad, Gerald. And uh, on September 18th of 2022, they celebrated Sophie's first birthday by making their first contribution to the Draft Plasma Bank with our team on site to assist, and her dad was the first voluntary donor. So full circle, really heartwarming story. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about uh, the International Center for the Care and Conservation of Giraffes, you can check out uh, the uh, segments that they have at cmzoo.org slash giraffe care and and collaboration is so much a part of of the yeah. zoo world but there's one area i think where uh bragging rights may come into play and that's when it comes <laughs> to these special displays that are on display for the holiday season and i'm talking about electric safari you know it's yeah, the best in the nation right <laughs> We just voted third best in the nation. Third, um, I I don't believe it. Yeah. We're number one. Well, <laughs> thanks, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thirty second year it's been going on, huh? That's right. Yeah, we really love. It's become a holiday tradition for so many families here in the springs. And if anyone hasn't visited, I really encourage you to. It's when we light up the zoo with more than fifty acres of twinkling lights, and we have eighty five artisan made lights sculptures. And last year we added um, larger than life inflatable uh, illuminated animals. And of course, up there on the side of Cheyenne Mountain, you get the breathtaking nighttime city views as well. It's a really fun event. And you can get tickets easily by going to cmzoo.org slash electric. Uh, So I know it's going to go on not just through Christmas, but also past Christmas. So tell us uh, the dates that we have coming up and hours and everything we need to know. That's right. Yeah, it's going on every night from 4 to 8.30 through January 1st, except for Christmas Eve. And uh, members, this is one of the many perks of being a Cheyenne Mountain Zoo member. You get early entry from 4 to 5 p.m., and it's free for members. Uh, we welcome the general public from 5 to 8.30. And, but uh, even though it's free for members, everyone needs to reserve advanced timed e-tickets, and they're selling pretty quickly, so you can get them now, like you said, at CMZoo org slash electric. Of course, in addition to the beautiful lights displays, you can visit many of your favorite CMZ animals, see the giraffe herd, meet Wednesday, go and feed the budgies. And you can even visit Santa and have your photo taken with him through December 23rd. Um, it's not only a great way to get into the holiday spirit, but it's a really important fundraiser for the zoo. And 75 cents from every ticket goes to our Quarters for Conservation program, which has raised more than $4 million since 2008 to support frontline conservation efforts for giraffes, elephants, rhinos, 
like-footed ferrets, orangutans, and more all over the world. Mm. And keep in mind, a lot of these animals are nocturnal or definitely more active uh, at nighttime. So you may actually see them doing more than what we're used to seeing in the daytime. You may hear a lion roar. at night. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I've I've heard our wolf pack howling at (gasps) dusk. Um, many times it's pretty magical yeah and i think we uh, did are we past a full moon i don't know all right so there's special (laughs) value pricing that you have going on for this event tell us about this yeah new it's brand new this year we're offering variable pricing so depending on which day you attend you could save five dollars per ticket by choosing to attend electric safari on a non-peak day Um, So this is a separate event from daytime admission. We like to make that clear. So you can still attend the zoo. We're open every day during the year um, for daytime admission. And then the zoo closes at 3.30. So we can set up for electric safari to start at 4. That's a separate ticket to electric safari. And um, so you can pick a day where you can save $5 per ticket. You can see our pricing calendar also at cmzoo.org slash electric. Yeah, for families, that's probably really attractive and will help maybe balance out the numbers day to day. That'd be great. All right, Rachel, uh, we want to give that website again. It's cmzoo.org slash electric. Rachel, stick around. We have another half hour of the extra ahead. We're going to be talking about uh, conservation initiatives that the Colorado, the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is proud to be a part of. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo, really the pride and jewel of Colorado Springs. Keep on listening to KRDO News Radio. We're back with our guest today, Rachel Wright, who is public relations and social media manager for the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. And of course, uh, Rachel is in a perfect position to tell us about the inner workings of the zoo. And uh, part of that are the conservation efforts that go on. Uh, It's never a dull moment there at the zoo, you can imagine. And conservation, we know Rachel, is one of the zoo's highest priorities. Earlier this year, the zoo helped to launch an international mobile app, and and that app will help us make better choices when it comes to shopping for items that are furthering the intent and uh, dedication of conservation, right? That's right, yeah. So if you've ever wanted to save the rainforest from the comfort of your smartphone, now is your chance. We have launched, like you said, um, a mobile app. It's free and it's called palm oil scan and now with that everyone has the power to advocate with their shopping choices and to make large companies listen to their demands for sustainably produced palm oil so this summer under the direction of the world association of zoos and aquariums we helped launch that palm oil scan app it's a free smartphone app that will help consumers make informed environmentally friendly shopping decisions just by scanning a barcode of a product right there from your phone. And and that's so great because it really, uh, you don't have to do a lot of research. It makes it easily available to you when you're going through the grocery store. And I think a lot of us have become accustomed to scanning uh, QR codes and things like that from when we were dealing with the pandemic. So let's talk about palm (laughs) oil. I know. Let's talk about palm oil and why it's important to support companies Mm -hmm. that have committed to uh, using it in a sustainable way. That's right. Palm oil is an edible oil that can be found in about half of the products consumers purchase. It's in candy, soap, cosmetics, 
pet food and even toilet paper. Um, because of the high demand, because it's used in so many products, unsustainable palm oil production resulted in the deforestation across Southeast Asia and other tropical areas, which means critically endangered species like orangutans and tigers and elephants are losing their homes. But when it's produced sustainably, palm oil is the most productive edible oil available. So a lot of times we hear, well, why not just boycott palm oil? And that really isn't the answer because it's so widely used and because it is a really productive edible oil when, when it's produced sustainably. So oil palms, which are the trees that palm oil comes from, produce about four to 10 times more oil than alternatives like soy or olive oil or canola or coconut oils. So switching to those alternatives would cause even more deforestation in tropical areas which is why we really want to help consumers demand sustainable palm oil. And there's an easy way to do it just by choosing to spend your money with companies that have committed to using sustainable palm oil. And you can easily make those informed choices. Like you said, we've done the research for you. So all you have to do is download the app. It's called Palm Oil Scan, P-A-L-M Oil Scan. And you just scan product barcodes and then you see how they rank, um, how that company ranks in their commitment to using sustainable palm oil. Um, and if we only support companies that source sustainable palm oil, we can create that demand that other companies can't ignore. And when more companies realize that their potential customers will not stand for the use of unsustainable palm oil, we really can make a difference and permit, prevent more deforestation and help endangered animals recover in the wild. I love this idea because I think, uh, you know, a- any of us who are concerned about, you know, the, the world existing uh, far beyond our lifetimes, we mm-hmm. want to do what's right. But sometimes it can seem a little daunting to do all that research. So like you said, you've done the research for us. So does this extend to shopping for like Christmas dinner items or cosmetics or yeah. even toilet paper? Mm-hmm. It does. Yep. So you can scan the barcodes on thousands of products. Like I said, palm oil is found in about half of the products in your household. And side note, if you look at the ingredients on the back of a product to see if it contains palm oil, it may contain it and you won't even see it because it's listed under about 500 different names on those ingredients mm-hmm. panels. So. Mm-hmm. This really is the best way to tell um, if you're purchasing a product that um, is produced by a company that values wildlife and wild places. And it also has a search feature. So if you scan a product that isn't orangutan friendly, as we call them, you can easily choose an alternative that is from a list um, right there in the app. So really companies that have previously relied on consumers lack of knowledge about unsustainable palm oil and its impact on orangutans will soon recognize that their competitors who have committed to using sustainable palm oil have the edge on on them because we have the knowledge. Mm, and I and I don't want to use the name of any particular cookie, but I yeah. I had remembered that was a, a big push in in uh, you know daycares and and after after school childcare options. You know, as far as uh, looking for cookies, if you were going to share uh, that did not 
contain. Uh, and at that time, I think it was just any palm mm-hmm. oil. But now it sounds like there's been mm-hmm. uh, efforts to uh, differentiate between, like you said, sustainable, necessary, perhaps, palm oil and unsustainable yeah. uh, foresting practices. Yeah, it's true. And like I said, palm oil is the most productive oil. So it uses less land um, and it produces four to 10 times more oil than like soy or canola or coconut. So supporting the companies that are sourcing sustainable palm oil really is the best way to go. All right. Well, a great idea and uh, easy to do. And I think I'm going to download that right after we're done talking, (laughs) Rachel. (laughs) But uh, we'll give you the information to download it. Just go to cmzoo.org slash palm oil. We need to take another break. When we come back, it is gift giving season. And sure, you've got relatives or loved ones that perhaps have everything in the world. Well, we'll give you some unique gift ideas that are zoo related that you never even thought uh, were possible. And that will set you apart in the gift givers hall of fame. That and more coming your way here on the extra. Welcome back to the extra. Our guest, Rachel Wright of the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. And, and Rachel, uh, getting back to the electric safaris, placing on that list, uh, the USA Today uh, list of uh, best zoos for uh, nighttime light displays during the holiday season. The top five are all in the states of either Ohio or Indiana. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, those are not unless you have... Unless you have relatives there, those are not going to be on the list of anyone's holiday destination. So I think I think we should just, uh, by all rights, just be launched and vaulted to number one slot. <laughs> just purely for our position on the mountain. Those views exactly. up there are so beautiful. And people like to visit Colorado during the holidays. You know, cold weather is what you expect here. You know, you don't have to deal right. with any of that those gray skies. We've got beautiful sunshine almost always. All right, let's talk about for the gift giver. The Cheyenne Mountain Zoo is a great resource for gifts and some unusual ones that you may not think about. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so if the holidays are just around the corner, but if you're looking for a really unique gift idea, like you said, what did you say, the MVP of gift giving? <laughs> we have some really, really unique ideas. We have um, once-in-a-lifetime experiences down to little unique stocking stuffers. One of my favorite items for sale is these really cute canvas ornaments that are painted by our very own animal ambassadors from the loft. Um, and they have little animal footprints or maybe scale prints on them, and each one is unique. And you can pick those up in the loft now through the end of the year. And um, so all around the zoo, like just like we talked about during the draft plasma bank segment, animals participate in what we call positive reinforcement training. So we might ask them to present a paw or show us their teeth or let us trim their nails or hooves. And basically that training allows us to care for them in a low stress way. Um, other times it means their trainers simply ask them to move to a new location. And a way that we combine that training while fundraising for the zoo and making these one-of-a-kind gifts for animal lovers is by asking them to walk through paint over a canvas and leaving adorable footprints along the way. They're really cute. And, of course, that paint is vet-approved and non-toxic. But the animals always have the choice not to participate in this, but they seem to like it. I was in the loft 
um, last week watching the skunks painting some ornaments, and <laughs> they just have a blast with it. It's, really it's kind of like walking so through ornaments. mud. It would feel the same, right, on their paws. I, I bet it, that, that thick paint's got to feel good for kind of like squishy, fun new substrate for them, but um, I think the snacks are the real driving force. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Situation. They are yeah, snack so, motivated. I get it. Yes, they are. So those we have little ornaments that are three-inch by three-inch canvases that have some twine on the back, and they also have a little sticker on the back that tells you about your artist. So whoever painted that particular piece, you can learn about that animal, and you can get those in the loft, so at the zoo. But we also have larger canvases with paintings by giraffe, orangutans, and more, and you can see all of those options at cmzoo.org slash gift. I was checking them out. I mean, I got to say, the domestic chicken, Martha Stewart, looked pretty artistic, (laughs) as you would expect. Martha's good at holiday decorating, right? Right. And who knows? I mean, the ball python, Panya, may have a future, you know, uh, creating artwork for the Met or something. (laughs) They are definitely masterpieces that they That's create. That's true. Over there. So All really, right. Really fun. And so that's, I mean, the the ideas that you've had on ways to, I, I think, bring people closer to the animals, to mm-hmm. the animal experience at the zoo, are are really something uh, for people to acknowledge and maybe take part in, and and definitely look oh. for that unique gift. So, what other kinds of gift ideas do you have? So a lot of people are looking to give experiences rather than things. And um, many of those up-close experiences of animals can be given as a gift, like feeding a tiger or meeting a grizzly bear. We offer behind-the-scenes encounters. And just like you said, our goal, our our whole reason um, for existing is to help people make connections with animals that we hope will inspire them. And I've taken many of my family members on these encounters and young or old, the looks on their faces are so rewarding when they get to get right up close to one of these impressive animals and they fall in love with them. So it's a really cool lasting experience and a way to um, make your family spend even more time with you (laughs) after the holidays going (laughs) to one of these experiences at the zoo. Um, so we also offer those encounters so you can get a single encounter or you can do what um, we call a VIP tour, which is if you really want to spoil someone, sign up for this. It includes three encounters of your choosing, and you get a supersized giraffe feeding session, and you have a personalized tour guide who drives you through the zoo on a golf cart and like tells you stories along the way. Um, those are really, really fun and <clears throat> kind of once-in-a-lifetime experiences. And we also have adoption packages that make excellent gifts. Um, we have different levels of adoption available for different prices, and um, you can find all of this information at cnzoo.org slash gifts. But if you have an animal lover who would love like, a plush toy, we have really soft toy animals, um, and you also get a... Uh, a certificate that says you're an adoptive parent and a photo of the animal that you're symbolically adopting and a fact sheet. Um, It's too late to order those online in time for delivery before the holidays, but if you want to pick it up at the zoo, you can still order those through 3 p.m. on the 23rd, which is this Friday. Just reach out to our membership team 
And you can do that by calling the zoo or emailing us through the website. Um, but yeah, when you purchase something from the zoo, you're not only creating more memories and more time together with your family, you know that your funds are helping us continue our important work. We're a nonprofit that doesn't receive any tax support, which is really unusual for a zoo. Um, so we really rely on our community support through admissions and memberships and special programs like these. Oh, well, you've inspired, I think, a lot of people, uh, not just with gift giving ideas, but also with experience ideas and ways to take action like that app for determining whether the products you're buying are, are uh, furthering the conservation uh, cause and ideals that you're uh, talking about that are so important to these animals and many more out in the wild. Rachel Wright, always a pleasure to talk to you. And again, if people want to find out more. If you want to find out more about those gift ideas, go to cmzoo.org slash gifts. And for anyone listening who may be thinking of a gift for me, um, I would love to adopt the ring-tailed <laughs> lemurs. I love those. The lemurs Ooh, are my favorites. Thank you. Uh, yeah. They're so much fun to watch. <laughs> Have you ever seen them in the morning when they climb up high and they, they face the sunshine and they all do this kind of yoga-esque pose oh. where they put their they put their little arms up and they do a little fun worshiping every morning. It's really cute. That would make just another reason to fall in love with <laughs> lemurs. I love lemurs. I really do. Uh, but there are many animals at the Cheyenne Mount Zoo that you can fall in love with. Uh, so definitely do check out all the wonderful happenings going on at the zoo. Uh, check them out online as to how you can get involved as well. CMZoo.org. Rachel Wright, uh, who's with the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo as their public relations and social media manager. Thank you for joining us for this hour of conversation here on The Extra. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Shannon. Have a great day, Rachel. And to our listeners, you have a great day as well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow here on The Extra on KRDO News Radio. Tom Martino is up ahead.